0: Today I'm sitting down with Carl Spilvogel, better known as Uncle Carl to the real estate investing world. How you doing, buddy?
1: Uh doing great. You?
0: Man, just uh, uh another day in real estate investing paradise. Um, I'm over here analyzing deals, making offers, doing all the crazy stuff that uh I preach every week to all of our listeners to do. So uh, but definitely looking forward to sitting down with you today. Uh I know you're your background and, and your kind of your stick that you you stick to is that you're the niche guy that does everything that nobody else wants to do or is doing. So kind of give us a little bit of background about yourself and, and how did you find yourself doing all this craziness in real estate investing?
1: Well, what happened, I did real estate from 2000 to 2008, did pretty good, and then um, I lost everything in 2008. I was buying for appreciation. And I went out of business, uh, got so bad, I had to go live on my mom's couch for a while. Um, Actually, it wasn't too bad because I actually, she had a spare bedroom, I got home-cooked meals. It was was nice for a period of time, but, you know, after a while, my mom's like, you know, maybe you should go get a job. I'm like, nope, I'll never get a job. I'm always going to be an entrepreneur. But then I went to the business my ex-girlfriend, car business for years. And that's another stupid thing, going in business with your ex-girlfriend. That didn't work (laughs) out very well. And then what happened was um, I was trying to get back into real estate this was about three years ago and I went to I was going to all these real estate meetings. I ran into um, a buddy of mine Mitch. We've done some deals together I known him for years and he said, "Hey Carl, um, I got this piece of property it's a tax foreclosure. I can't find the guy. If you can find him, I'll give you half the deal." So I' like, okay, you know I mean I didn't have anything to lose so I still worked with my ex-girlfriend in the car lot. And, uh, I did a lot of research and I found the guy's resume and, uh, it turned out he was a used car turnaround specialist. And that's what he did. So I called the guy up and said, Hey, I've got a used car dealership. It's struggling. And, you know, I'd like to hire you as a consultant. So I ended up hiring the guy. He, he gave me a great deal. $500 the weekend he came up. I had to pay for his hotel, everything. So I called Mitch up and said, Hey, guess what? Uh, I, I found the guy and he's at my office. And they said, You did? So Mitch came in, met him, we talked to him, and I sort of got to know him. So I, I just I hired this guy and the chance to know him so I could get the deal. And then uh, he asked me, Any property in Charlotte? He goes, No, I don't have any property in Charlotte. So he went back to Columbia. And then I called him the next day and said, Hey, we did some research, found out you still have a piece of property that's going to tax sale. He goes, that's funny. Someone just called me and offered me $35,000 for it. I was like, oh, no. I said, I, I tell you what. You know us. I'll be down to, to Columbia, and we'll pay the same amount. And he um, said, come on down. We went down. We signed the contract to buy it for 35000 And then we closed on it, and we had a realtor sell it, and we made uh, $58,000 in three months.
0: Wow. You know what? We're only three and a half minutes into this interview, and you're already the first person that's ever said that they hired someone so they could buy their house. That's a that's that's awesome, man. So, how did you come up with that? How is that like your first option? I, I would I've never thought to do that before.
1: I, I don't know. I I just I just thought let me let me meet this guy. The car dealership's struggling. It'll be a win-win situation. Um, I just I thought it was the right. Of, approach. I don't know why. I just came up with so I'll, I'll just hire him for for a weekend and, and get to know him and and it and it worked out and we got the deal and we made fifty eight thousand. and it's just like, hey, this is pretty good. I, I got another one for you. I'm like, okay. It's like um it was another tax delinquent. This is where we make our stuff, pulled it up and said, okay, the father passed away. There are a couple heirs. I did the research and I tracked down one of the heirs. And what I did is I went and um uh I left FedEx packages on the door notes and stuff and then I, I we do uh, we use a thing called been verified it's a skip trace program so I pulled her up and I was looking on I got on her Facebook page so I'm sort of stalking on her Facebook page turns out she's a big Carolina panther fan okay and I had, had gone to Super Bowl uh, the year before so I put on my Super Bowl hat my Super Bowl jacket I go down knock on her door Start talking to her and say, Hey, you notice we've been leaving you these FedEx packages and stuff. We want to talk to you about your property. And we start talking a little bit. She said, Did you go to the Super Bowl? I said, Oh, yeah, it's great. You know, um, and she goes, I'm a big Panther fan. So, oh, really? Okay. And, anyways, we sort of talked and bonded. And then it turned out it was like her and her sister owned it and it's going to tax foreclosure. And they just basically wanted to get rid of it. So, we end up buying the property from them. And then we sold it and we made $68,000 on that deal. So we just do, we do these crazy things. You know, that was just pulling up the bin Verified, getting on her Facebook page, learning about her and then going, going and knocking the door and talking to her and being, being right. In right.
0: So, yeah, I mean, you're just being like uber creative with how you're building rapport with these motivated sellers. You know, I mean. So often you hear about it either in mastermind groups or, you know, on YouTube channels or or whatever it is where it's like, you know, it, it's not sometimes so much about the numbers as it is building the rapport and solving the motivated sellers problems. But I mean, you're, you're really going in and taking it to a whole nother level than anybody I've ever heard of, you know, or, or how they've explained how they've gotten deals. So, after you did this on your first two deals, you know once you're getting back in the game, and it was successful, is that kind of where you realize like, hey, I, I think I'm onto something special here. Like this could be the way that we really start locking down contracts, and it's a, a, a like a part of your acquisition strategy at that point.
1: Yeah, we 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 figured out that you know like we go after the niche stuff. We we learned that you know that the tax delinquents are are, are, are and tax foreclosure are our best foreclosures, um, vacants. And um, we also do find a lot of great deals just using a property lookup system, buying in the path of progress. But we, we found that by um, like diving, like we specialize in, in deals where people passed away or it's vacant and tracking down people. That's our specialty. Um, we did one deal with, um, had 21 heirs, six different people passed away. And we put that whole deal together. You know, that's something that most investors would say it's too much work. And they, you know, I, I think most investors are lazy and they want to go for the low hanging fruit.
0: Mm-hmm. And they
1: won't put the effort in to really dive deep. Now, we've had deals as high as 243000 net on a 55000 investment. We have one closing out today. We're making $190,000 on an $87,000 investment. But these deals are a lot of work, a lot of problems to put them together. But the reward is just incredible on these deals.
0: And are you flipping these? Or are you wholesaling? I'm assuming these have to be flips, right?
1: Well, we do very few flips. Most of our stuff is uh, ho- um, wholesales. Sometimes we'll buy them, clean them up, and 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 resell them. And right. sometimes straight wholesales. Like the one for 191000 Um, it was a small rehab. We probably did $20,000 for the work on it. We don't do any, we we do very few rehabs. It's usually just cleaning them up and reselling them. So we're making these profits without doing rehabs. We do very, very few rehabs.
0: Nice. So, yeah, I I know that's become a a trend, um, for a lot of rehabbers, especially the past couple of years, you know, people are calling it wholetailing or,
1: you
0: know, uh, pre-flips or, you know, stuff like that. I know a lot of rehabbers have even kind of taken the strategy of acquiring the property and then putting it on the MLS without doing anything, you know, just a simple cleanup and seeing what happens over the next seven to 10 days. And if they get an acceptable offer, then they do that. And if not, then they take it back off, rehab it, and then sell it. You know, there's, there's a lot of different ways to do that. Um. So you're you're in the the Charlotte, North Carolina market.
1: Yep, we pretty much stay here. We will go a little bit outside of that, but, but we like to concentrate just in in, in Mecklenburg County. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: So let's let's talk about that. Like, so you're being creative with these deals, you know, on the acquisition side of things, and you're going after obviously highly distressed, like you said, vacant properties, you know, tax delinquent, even some of these, you know, having just you know. Twenty-one heirs. I mean, that's unbelievable. So w- when you're going after these properties and you you finally get the contract, how are you deciding it? What what is your criteria to say, okay, this is a wholesale or this is a wholesale or you know, how do you determine what you're going to do with the property at that point in time? It
1: depends on the area, the situation. If we just like, for example, if areas come up in value, we'll probably hold it or if like we bought we were buying stuff along the light rail that areas so we're going to hold that if it's a subject to like we picked up a subject to the other day where it was paid on for 18 years we're going to hold that so yep. depending on cash flow um like we, we don't like to keep condos um we don't like to keep too much land um unless it's near the light rail so we just sort of we look at it and if, if it's going to cash flow or it's going to go up in value um we we sort of make that determination that way.
0: I love it. All right, let's, let's dive into that subject two deal that you just brought up because, you know, they've been paying on that for 18 years, you said, right?
1: Yeah, and for us, what it was is a foreclosure. And so we always go knock on the doors and call. So I knocked on the door and I'm like, hey, you know, my name is Carl and I wanna to talk to you about the property. And um, what happened was the lady that owned it passed away so the only heir was the daughter and we, we basically used our been verified and we pulled the what we pulled the um, obit. So we knew it was the daughter, but we knocked on the door and I started talking to people live lived there and they were they were good friends with the daughter. So I said, can you give me your number? If you give me your number, I will uh, get I will pay you a five dollar referral fee if we get it. So we had her phone number. And the thing is, we kept calling the daughter. And we called her and called her and called her and called her. She wouldn't respond. Then we started texting her. And then it was probably two weeks before the foreclosure date. And we kept texting her said, what does it hurt to reach out and talk to us? Why don't, you, why don't you please talk to us? So she ended up reaching out to us. And we said, okay, you've got this property. It's going to foreclosure. We'd like to buy it. Um, and so she sold it to us for $750. And she just deeded us the property. And we ended up reinstating the mortgage. we So we, we were into it for like $7,500 to reinstate the mortgage and fix it up. It rents for like 950, the payments 450, we've had it a year. So there's 11 years left on the mortgage. But it was basically a situation where the the, the daughter didn't want to deal with it. She just, you know, um, and, and she was just letting it go. And we find that all the time where people pass away and the heirs, they, they don't really care about the property. That property is worth one hundred thirty-five thousand right now, and we owe probably about thirty-five thousand on it.
0: Nice. So let me let me ask you because it, it sounds like you're you're pretty fluent when it comes to subject twos and and making those types of offers, and and this is always a question that I love to ask guests that that are doing subject twos is. And I know this one's a little bit of a different situation. So just more generically speaking, when you offer on subject two, are you telling the seller that you will refinance them out of their existing mortgage at some point in time? Or are you kind of going in and saying, it's probably going to go the full term?
1: I just said, we're going to take over your mortgage. That's all I said. We'll take over your mortgage. And so have you
0: ever had a seller say, well, you know, I'm in a bad spot now, but I'm probably not going to be in a bad spot in a couple of years and I would like to buy another house. So, you know, I'm concerned about having that mortgage still in my name. You know, th- those are things that I've run into before. And so we've always kind of put a, if they bring it up, then we'll put something in the the purchase contract that says, you know, okay we'll refinance this within five years or two or three years because a lot of times you know even if we're going to hold it we'll do a cash out refi just to get some of the the cash out of the equity so as have you ever come across that before
1: uh back in the day i i did but i've, I've only got a couple uh subject twos now and and i haven't had that problem but they will at some point um since the lady's passed away in this one no they're never going to come back but on, i have one other one that that at some point they're going to probably say hey actually they end up buying another house and all i had to do was provide the lease to them and they were able to get the other house but at some point they're going to you know there are some other creative solutions that you can get to help them get through it but that is that is a good question you
0: know well you know what and, and the other point is is that because you are targeting such niche and also highly motivated sellers that maybe that's a, a a good kind of a a point of reference there to just show that the, the motivation sometimes can outweigh something that you know looking f- forward in the future you know these these sellers are you're the ones that you're going after they haven't brought this up the ones that i have gone after because a lot of the subject to deals that we've gotten have come from facebook ads and yeah. so it's normally um just uh, the ones that we've gotten have just been, Hey, I'm behind a couple months and I don't want to go into foreclosure and I don't have a solution on how I can fix this. And so we've done a subject too. And it sounds to me like you're going after deals that are, you know, it's not only they're behind on payments, but there's also death in the family or, you know, unwanted inherited property, all kinds of issues there that you're also solving a different pain point. So, you know, there are, Kudos to you for, for digging deeper into the motivation level um, and creating a better situation for you in the long run as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of these deals have multiple problems. Like our, our biggest deal ever where we made 243000 this started out, um, it was a, a a vacant house that Squatters moved into, and it came. we got, got the lead from a bird dog. He was pressure washing houses in the area, and he works for us part-time and said, Hey, Carl, this guy passed away a few months ago, and, and uh, the house some squatters moved in. They're so like, okay, you know, it sounds like the perfect one for us. So, what we did on this one, we pulled it up, and um, we basically pulled it up and found out that his wife had passed away for him. So, that meant her whole side was out. Since he passed, and there's no will, since he passed away, it would have gone to his, uh, his brother. But his brother passed away in 1973 in Crete in a plane crash. So then it went to his two sons. So actually what we did on this one, we had we hired a genealogist to help us figure this one out. And I went all over town. He had a couple relatives, distant relatives in town, knocked on their door, and they didn't even know he was deceased. So that was sort of weird, not very close family, but they gave me little bits of information. But I worked on this deal off and on this for nine months trying to figure it out. And what happened was, I tracked down there's a niece that he had given a lease on the property to 2040 for a dollar. So I went and knocked on her door and she said, hey, I moved in with some people, the druggies, they kicked me out. So I bought her lease out for like $113. This is just the hopes to get the deal. And I don't think the lease might have been valid anyways, but I still bought, bought the lease out. But the whole key was finding these two kids that were the rightful heirs. And what we did is we searched and searched and searched. We couldn't find them. We're like, we're really good at tracking down people. We're like, you know, what, what's the answer to this? We can't find these kids. So one night, I think it was after eight or 10 beers, we were, I was like, hey, what if uh, the mom got remarried and changed the kid's names? So what happened was we got stuck, we pivoted. So we had our genealogist pull all sorts of articles all over, and she found out that... Um, uh, the two the two boys the sons uh, their, their mom got remarried to a police officer and um, that they, they changed the boys names so at that point we we're able to track them down through Facebook track down the mother track down the the, the, the kids so uh, this is a whole lot of work on just the hopes to get this property I mean this is what yeah. we spent a lot of time and even my business partner was like Carl don't you think you should give up on this I a nope. I'm going to, I'm going to get this deal. I'm going to make this happen. So the, one of the most important things before we gave them the offer was I call setting the, you know, setting the table, telling them what's going on. So I said, Hey, first of all, um, you know, you guys are the rightful owner of the property. I mean, I told them that I said, you know, your, your dad would have been the rightful own owner. Your uncle Frank passed away. I, I said, look, I know your name used to be X and now it's this. At first, they thought I was trying to scam them, so they called their mom and, and, and said, no, this, this is legitimate. Your Uncle Frank did have a property. So after we went through the whole thing, I said, hey, here's, here's the problem. One, there's a city code enforcement on the property. Two, your uncle died without a will, so he died intestate. There's chances there's some liens and judgments could attach, and we have to straighten the title out. Uh, three, it's going to tax sale in two weeks. And four, there's a niece that has this lease. So I said, "There's a whole bunch of problems here. You know, we'll give you guys thirty-five thousand for the house." And I sent them pictures of the house. Um, by then, we got the squatters out, but it was a mess. And uh, they said, "Well, you know what? Normally we would negotiate, but this is found money. It sounds like there's a whole lot of problems to solve. We'll go and take the money." So we bought it for thirty-five thousand. Now here's a little key in North Carolina. It's pretty cool. If somebody's been passed away two years, you don't have to open an estate to sell it, and you don't have to go through probate, which is cool because we were afraid if you opened it up that, that something might happen. So after we bought it, we had to keep it nine months, and then we ended up selling it for, for – um, we bought it for thirty five, We had to put a little bit of money just cleaning it up and paying everybody. And after we sold it – and I paid the bird dog $6,000. We sold it for 310000 and We walked away with 243000 on that one property.
0: That's incredible. You know, when you were making the offer for 35,000, I think this is something everybody would struggle with, right? You're you're looking at a property that you know you can make you can sell for 310,000. And I know you did a lot of work. But how did you come up with 35,000 as your offer?
1: Uh, we just pulled it out of the air.
0: <laughs> I I mean because I think a lot of people probably would have offered. I don't know, hundred and forty, hundred and fifty, maybe one hundred fifty. You know, yeah. I mean,
1: we well, had a lot of problems. Here is the thing, too: we were taking a chance because you know there was no will. There is a slight chance somebody could could have jumped out with a will and said, "No, this is my property." There could have been some issues. So. I explained to them, we're taking a risk. We, we may have to keep this property as a uh, long term rental if we can't clear a title later. So, but, but I think, I think it, it's, you know, if it, and at the time, we only thought it was worth about 200 We didn't realize it was worth that much. It was in a great neighborhood, right. but the house was in really bad shape. But I think the reason, you know, we just, we just gave them the reason. This is why we're giving the offer. It has all these problems. You know, if you want, you can take it on and solve it yourself. And they're like, uh, we can't solve that.
0: Right. So,
1: so, so when we're making these lower offers, it's because there's problems that they can't sign. Like if there's multiple heirs, plus I said, you know, we, said we have to put all sorts of documentation together to prove you guys are the heirs and everything too. So that's, that's why I think people take these offers because, you know, they couldn't have solved all these things. And then there was going to tax foreclosure in two weeks also. So I, that's how i think we we justify our offers you know as as as
0: as well yeah offers. but yeah but also think about the fact i mean you said something that was pretty profound there or, or the seller did you know they said this is found money like yeah. they, they didn't even know this property existed you know and you're getting a call it's two siblings i mean who's going to argue with hey I'm going to deposit $17,500 into each of y'all's bank account for something that you didn't know existed. You know, I I mean, at that point in time, you know, if you kind of break it down to them that way, and then it's like, this is a world that you don't work in. You don't know how to solve these problems because I'm a professional and I don't even know if I know how to solve these problems. Um, but you're going to get this money. I mean, yeah, it's a, I could see how that would work. It was just I was curious how, you know, you came up with that number because just to be quite frank, I think a lot of times as investors we we underestimate our the the value in our problem-solving skills. Yep. And and we overpay for things because we become nothing more than mathematicians with our little formulas and we say Here's what the property's worth, and then I'm going to multiply it by some random percentage because that's what the guru told me to do. And then I'm going to subtract the repairs, and then, then that's my offer on every single property instead of really diving in and saying this property is a little bit different. I have had to work my ass off for nine months to track down all these different things. I had to get drunk one night to figure out that maybe <laughs> the mom changed the kid's last name. You know, all these things yeah. that you went through, that's time invested. That's opportunity cost, you know, yeah. and, and that's where you really capitalize on it. And that's why it's, you know, it's your biggest deal to date. Yeah. You know? And then I mean, another
1: thing I told them too was I said, hey, look, it goes to sale in two weeks also. So they're like, oh, man, we don't know if we want to come up with the money to pay these taxes. So they, they, you know, so, yeah, it just made sense to them to take the money and be done and let me do what I do, you know. Um, so Right. And then, yeah, yeah I it
0: mean, hard- it's, it's, it's those situations. They don't come across, you know, very often where you can sit there and say, I can basically – make all of my money on the front end, right? By doing all of this work, I don't have to do a whole lot of work on the back end to make an extremely profitable day. And when those opportunities do come, I guess the moral of the story here is really dive deep into why you're making the offer that you're making and and try to figure out how you can monetize it the best because I bet to those kids, you know, I, I'm just picturing, you know, how... You know, the son went home that night and said, Wife, you won't believe this. We're gonna get seventeen thousand dollars for a house I didn't even know existed. Yep. Now he was probably just excited just as excited for that seventeen thousand dollars as he would have been if you had offered a hundred thousand for the fifty thousand because yeah, it's no different. It was just I mean, it's like a scratch off ticket, you know. It's like, oh my <laughs> god, I just won seventeen thousand dollars you're going to tell everybody for the next year about this story, about how you just got handed $17,000 and, but you could have easily made that 50. So that's, that's an incredible story. So, I mean, it, you know, the, what you're doing with really going after these, these crazy things, I know, you know, I follow you on Facebook and you're always talking about squatters.
1: Yeah. Oh is my that, God.
0: I mean, is that like a, uh, is this like some kind of weird obsession that you have? Or do you have a, are you a masochist and you just don't? <laughs> don't no,
1: We've got like five or six squatter deals. And it it's, it's, we, we, yeah, we like the hard deals. A lot of these houses. Is that it,
0: like, is a squatter, like something that you're looking for? Is that like, like you said, your bird dog actually said, Hey, there's a squatter in this house. And then that's what kind of intrigued you to go after Is that like something that you teach your bird dogs to, to look for?
1: Uh, no, he just was pressure washing and the lady told him and, you know, told him, hey, this house, the guy died. And uh, we, we don't really look for squatters, but a lot of these houses come with squatters in them, you know, that, you know, like they've been vacant for a while. Somebody had moved into them and we're having a big problem in Charlotte right now with 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 people doing that. Um, and it's a pain to get them out.
0: So l- let's talk about that. What are some of your tactics there for for anybody that has a squatter right now? What are some of the things that you do to try to get them out of it and, and remove them from the situation?
1: The best thing is to just go talk on them, tell them the product's been sold and that there's a moving allowance and pay them. That's worked best for us. Um, sometimes we get affidavits from the old owner's heirs that, that there's no lease and the people shouldn't be there. We just got two people arrested. Like we bought this one house these pe- um, and then people moved in while we we're buying it. And then um, they said they had a verbal lease, and then we had to go to the police, and they got them arrested. And then they end up fighting the police and got arrested for uh, 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 fighting the police officers. But the the best thing is just to to pay them to get out, go talk to them, and try to work out it, work out something because it, it's, it's it's a huge problem. It's hard to get people out. They have, squatters have a lot of rights, you know, so it's it's it can be difficult.
0: Uh, right. So let's, let's say, you know, I go buy a property for $50,000, say it's worth a hundred fixed up. I'm going to rent it for, you know, $1,200 a month. That that sounds like a generic property, right? Mm -hmm. I show up, there's a squatter. How much am I offering them? $100, $1,000, $5,000? Hundred dollars, $1, thousand, five thousand. I mean, kind of. How do you it, made that determination? It
1: Depends. Uh, usually, it's around it's four hundred to fifteen hundred dollars, and a lot of times, like we'll provide a moving van or or rent them a temporary place. It just it all depends on the situation. You know, you just got to feel them out. You know, you got to just start the conversation and see where the conversation goes. You know, do you have any place to go? Do you you move in? You know, um, so we we pay. Yeah, we pay eight hundred, fifteen hundred. You know um it just it just depends you got to feel them out their situation and and sort of tailor it towards their
0: needs so you um, brought up that squatters have rights, right yeah. it, 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 maybe you don't know the answer to this, and I apologize if you don't, yeah. but at what point in time does a squatter relinquish his rights, like you show up to the property and you pay him a hundred dollars and he leaves, okay he. Did he relinquish his rights? Because what if he shows up and he decides he wants to go get a Big Mac at McDonald's and he walks out and you change the locks? I mean, is, are you at fault then? So well, does he have to well, sign something?
1: Yes. We always get to sign something. I vacated the property. I no longer live here. I realize if I come back on the property, um, I'll be arrested for trespassing. We get to sign something when give, you give him the money. And then we board it up because they do break back in. I do <laughs> many a times. You, we've given people money, and they come back in and 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 uh, break back in. So that that does happen. So wow, it's just it's crazy.
0: Oh, have you to, ever tried to convert a squatter to a paying tenant?
1: We are doing that right now. We just
0: yes, this.
1: I love it. We just bought this property. Get this, um, for two thousand five hundred from the owner. It has a seventy five thousand dollars mortgage that hasn't been paid on in eight years. And they're, they said that they're not going to foreclose. We already called the mortgage. So we went there. The squatter's been living there. And my business partner was a little scared, you know, but I'm like, I'm like, screw it. I'm going to go, go talk to them. So I just went up and said, Hey, we just bought the house. And, you know, we wanted to introduce yourself. We're the new, the new landlords and everything. And just wanted to talk to you about the lease. And they're like, yeah, my aunt told me that, that, uh, um, that we could live here, but eventually be sold. And they said, well, we, we want to stay. And I said, well, how much are you going to pay? So we're negotiating with them to stay there. Um, and we're probably going to rent it to them for half the amount because we don't want it to go through evicting. We don't have to go through all that stuff. So right. they're, 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 they're probably going to pay $500. And it's worth, the rent's probably 900 fixed up. So we're like, you know, so we're, we're going we're to try to convert them over. I, I think we can on this one, but usually you can't. But, you know, that that's an interesting story where he, the owner just, you know, he just – there was another tax delinquent, and he just – we paid him 2500 we own it, and the mortgage is not going to foreclose. They even told us we were not going to foreclose on you. So we have three – on this one, we have several choices. So you can make us offer to buy buy the mortgage, to cancel the mortgage, or, you know, you can just pay us something or or whatever. We're, we're not going to foreclose. So we're just going to rent the thing out, you know. And and see what happens. I, I really don't know how that deal is going to turn out. See, we do sometimes we do <laughs> deals, and we're like, we don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to figure it out, you know. And for twenty five hundred right. invested, and then if I can get some rent for a while, how can I lose, you know?
0: Right. And, yeah. And, I mean, it's a it's a very small small risk for for what could potentially be a huge gain on the back end if if the dominoes fall right, you know.
1: Exactly. We got we got one deal. I'm a, I'm gonna jinx it right now. It's closing out today. This is this is a pretty cool deal. Um, it turned out it was a tax delinquent. Okay, and it was in a LLC. Okay, the LLC was defunct. Okay, they didn't pay they didn't pay their uh, the, the the stuff. So we went we tracked down the previous owners. which was a husband and a wife, and they deeded it into this LLC. So we tried to track the husband down. We couldn't find him. He was very elusive. We tracked the wife down, and she really wouldn't talk to us. But then we ended up talking to her mom to find out what the situation was. And she said, yeah, there's a $750,000 lien against the property. She just wants to forget about it. It was you know, a bad situation. So we pulled up the information. It turned out the lien didn't attach to the property because they put it in the LLC before the lien came. We're like, okay, this is cool. So we tracked her down. We kept calling her and calling her. And she and we finally said, look, just meet with us. Let's talk about it. So we met with her and we made it. She's like, I don't want anything to do with this. I'm done. I've got these liens. I, got, I just don't want to think about it. And so we said, what if we give you $28,000 up front and we bring you in as a partner? She said, why not? So we paid her 28000 up front and we're giving her 18% of the profits. This is a deal she's gonna walk from. She's like, I don't want anything to do with it. So we got the defunct corporation. There's a thing called winding down a corporation. So we're able to use that clause, even though the corporation is defunct. And we also had to prove that she got the property in the divorce. So we had to get the divorce decree. So we got the divorce decree proving that she had the rights. It's a long story, but we ended up getting the property, getting title insurance. We paid off the taxes. And this is one of the ones we renovate. We don't we spent like twenty, twenty five, thirty thousand renovating it. It's closing out today. Our share is going to be $190,000 profit. She's getting another $35,000 check. It's being sold for three twenty five. Wow! So that's going to be, and we're, we have 87000 I think, is our total invest in this deal. And we're going to make about 190000 profit. And what I love about this is she was going to walk away from the deal. She was going to get nothing. Right. Single mom. She needed money for her kids are going to college. So she's got money for that now. And she's getting a bonus and we made money. So I love deals like that where it turns out where we make something out of nothing and, and everybody walks away happy. And it's just I can't wait when we get the check the next couple of days. I can't wait to call her up because I don't she doesn't know how much she's getting. You know, she she's probably not realizing that and, and go down and take her to lunch and hand her that certified check. I just
0: Oh man, that's just, that's awesome.
1: I just I, I just I love when you can deal do deals like that. It just it, it just warms my heart, you know to be able to do stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Well, that being said, I think that's a a great story to kind of transition to, um, I know you have a a new mastermind that you're creating and, and I'm assuming there'll be opportunities for people to kind of learn from you and, and network with you and, and, you know, try to grow their repertoire to, to learn how to do some of these crazy things that you're doing and help out other people. So, Uh, Share that with everybody and tell us what this mastermind looks like.
1: Yeah, it's called uh, Uncle Carl and Friends Mastermind Group. I think Google Uncle Carl and Friends Mastermind, and it's only $105 a month. We have four Zoom meetings a week, I mean a month, not a week. And then we also have uh, a Facebook page where we share ideas and everything. And it's it's basically me talking about these different deals, like, We've learned so many cool niche things. We do partition sales. We buy, we'll buy a part of a property. We do land subdividing. We do, um, what was, we just did a variance, land assemblage, excess proceeds. We can teach you how to buy a judgment. We actually rented somebody's judgment and foreclosed on the property um, and paid them $2,000. We've got all these creative, crazy ways. We specialize in vacants foreclosures um, I did a whole thing on just how you can use your property lookup system everybody's got a property lookup system and how you can make money just uh, pulling up data from that uh, but it's $105 a month and uh, it's way too cheap for the for the knowledge but it's also friend I'm bringing like I'm not good in all areas so I'm gonna be bringing different friends on in different areas too um, to show show people stuff so it's I mean for 105 bucks a month I, um, please join. There's some there's some really good good information we're going to be sharing.
0: Yeah, I mean, for $105 a month, I mean, that's such a small investment. Just over the course of a year, I mean, if you're doing any type of marketing, you know, you're going to come across a deal in a year where it's going to be like, I don't know how to solve this problem. You know, I, I don't know how to track down 21 errors or I don't know how to track down the childrens whose you know last names have been changed, and I can make you know two hundred ninety three thousand dollars. I mean, just the information that you've shared here today. I mean, it's um, sounds like it'd be well worth it to to be a part of a group like that, especially to have you know four calls in a month where you know an open forum with you, where they can bring you deals and say, hey, you know, what can we do here? Um, what do you suggest? And just hear you tell your story. Yeah. So that's that's an awesome opportunity for everybody in the the real estate Im- investing world. And so we're,
1: we're also going to be joint venturing with people too. So if you have, you have deals that we can joint venture on and and work, and we'll also have some deals we can just consult and get a fee. But you know you're, you're going to be learning some really cool like there's so many cool stuff you can do with judgments and liens. I mean I don't I could go on for hours about the different little niche stuff out there. It's it's I just love it. It's so much fun just putting together these crazy deals and stuff.
0: Yeah, man. And, you know, for me, I had the opportunity this past week to uh, listen to Gary Vaynerchuk speak at Max Maxwell's event here in Dallas. And and Gary talked about, you know, if you're making $100,000 a year in a job and you're miserable... But you would be happy making thirty six thousand dollars a year. Um, do that, and and I can hear like the joy in your voice of solving these problems and diving in. Like this is something that you truly like enjoy. Yes, it, it's almost like you're you're in it. You're an investor, but it's like a side product to also being like almost a private investigator.
1: Exactly.
0: You know, it's like that's where you're actually getting excited, and and then it's like, oh yeah, and by the way, we made two hundred thousand dollars. But what I really enjoyed was this how we tracked it down, and we got creative, and we made this deal. And you know, I I told one of my partners the other day, I said, I really enjoy playing the game. Yeah. Like you know, there's a there's so many real estate investors that I hear at different masterminds where it's like. Create a system so you can get out of your company don't work in the business, work on your business and I'm like, yeah yeah that that sounds okay, but I really like playing the game like i I get a lot of passion from uh being creative and like analyzing the deals and and, and talking to my partners and talking to sellers and and trying to figure out how we can make deals work um you know i'm I'm sitting over here and it, it's a completely different. Uh, style of being um, creative but i i think it, it it's the same kind of creativity that goes into it like i'm, I'm looking at my list of deals that i'm working on right now uh, we've got a, a 40 property portfolio in Tulsa another 29 property portfolio in ohio wow. and then another 80 properties in ohio that we're, we're working on acquiring from a, a lender and then we're wholesaling
1: and i would i would love to learn how to do that That would
0: be really. Yeah. And and dude, and and I'm looking at it and it's like both of these deals, like the first two, the 29 in Ohio and the 40 in in Tulsa, when the sellers contacted me, these are not motivated sellers. Okay. These are other investors that own portfolios and they're coming to me saying, Hey, RJ, this is what I need. And both of them need cash in their pocket right? And they needed a certain amount of cash in their pocket. So what I did was, is I worked out an arrangement to where instead of buying the whole portfolio, I give them what they need. You need $200,000 in your pocket. I'll give you your 200,000, but you sell or finance the rest to me. And then I'm working it out where, okay, this is when we're going to refi them out. And then we're going to go wrap those mortgages and owner finance them on the back end. And so it's like, is it the same thing you're doing? No, but it's still like, that's what I enjoy. I love
1: it. I love yeah, it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's do like, it. dude, I'm I'm sitting over here and like, I get so excited just like messing around on the spreadsheet and being like, okay, what does this look like? What is, what, you know, how much am I paying a month in interest? And then what can I charge? And what does that look like over, you know, a 30 year schedule? And it's just, um, it, it, find your passion, you know, like there's so many different things that you can do in real estate investing. You know, from wholesaling to flips to rentals to owner financing to buying and selling notes. And then, like, even in those, like what you've created in your your company is like such a niche market that you're going after a lot of tax delinquencies, those vacant properties, you're getting properties with squatters, but you're being so creative with it that in all reality, what it sounds like to me, and then this is just me making an assumption from our interview today, it sounds like you don't have to do a ton of volume. No. Because you're making such big spreads on your deals. And, and that's why you're, but you're working in your passion, what you love to do.
1: And, and what's great is we don't spend any money in marketing. This is all us going out and finding these deals and creating these deals. It is time, you know, but we, you know, what's nice. I think, you know, you've got some people that probably don't have a tremendous amount of money. Listening is, is you don't have to have money. Uh, there's a lot of these deals too, that we're getting for 500 hundred dollars. Let me yep. tell you a real quick story. This one deal it was a tax delinquent. We tracked down the two heirs. We gave them $500 up front to get on the deed and they get another $2,000 apiece when we close out the house. They were happy. They were going to walk away from it. It had problems. So you can, so we, based, we just closed this out yesterday, or no, a couple days ago, and we made $66,000 on about a $1,500 investment. But, but the thing is, is there's a lot of creative ways you can do this. You can get on deed, and then straighten mm-hmm. out out the problem. So, so you know everybody. Don't think you have to have a ton of money to do this. Um, use your mind. Use you know. Um, and, and you, you can do a lot of creative things.
0: Absolutely. And in every deal that I just talked about there, I will not invest one dollar of my own money in those deals. Wow, it, it's not going to happen. And and I tell that to the seller. Like you know and these these are my buddies. You know the one of the sellers is. is kind of a, a unique situation. Um, he's actually a partner with me on a large portfolio in St. Louis but he owns a separate portfolio in Tulsa. so it's like he's my partner but then again on this deal we're not so he's seller, I'm buyer and that's how we're working it out and it's like look he knows the deal he's no he knows I'm not RJ Bates is not going to cut him a check for two hundred thousand dollars <laughs> and and I' flat out have told him that I'm like look these are the terms. He likes them. I like him. It solves his problem. Now I'm like, look, give me a week to two weeks. I'm going to go raise the $200,000 and we'll get this closed. And, um, that, you know, that's the world that we live in. And, uh, y- you know, it's just, it's refreshing to me to hear someone, you know, have that passion and that joy in their voice where it's like, you're just telling these stories, man. And, uh, it's like the same passion and, and, you know, just uh, exactly. inspiration that I get, man. It's like someone asked me, like, how was your day? And to be quite frank, it's like I could get a check for, you know, six figures, and I'd be like, you know, it's good that deal closed, but what really gets me excited is back when the deal started and it was like, This is how we created the deal, and this is how we m- all the moving pieces, this is how we put it together. I really enjoy that part of the game. And so for anyone that's listening, like find what your joy is in this business. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, you're you're in real estate investing, you're wanting to to grow your business and learn from, you know, other investors like Carl here and find what you enjoy about this business. And most of the time, what I've learned is it's not about making the money. The, the money is a byproduct of what we do so go out find what exactly. you enjoy in this business join masterminds like I, the fact that Carl's mastermind is105 dollars a month uh, is just an incredible opportunity for everybody out there um you know for some of you that are listening you might be like oh I, that's great RJ you have so many private money connections that you know you're gonna buy these portfolios and not use any of your own money Almost all of our private money that we have ever gotten has come from joining masterminds. Yeah. So join Carl's Mastermind. You have no idea how many people are eventually going to be in that mastermind. Two, three years from now, there could be tens of thousands of people in there. And if you go in there and you become a valuable member of that community, bring content, ask questions, always add value, make it a reciprocal relationship. Yep. You have no idea who's going to come into your world and say, I've been watching you for the past six months. And man, I really like what you're doing. And I've got $5 million over here. And this is the return I want. Go get us some deals because yep. that's what happens. So Carl, one, one, last, go, yeah, one, one last thoughts.
1: Okay. Um, if you want to contact me, the I'll give you my phone number. Well, it's, the best number to reach me on is 704-777-7777, extension one. Is our We Buy House number. It's easy to remember. Leave a message. Um, it might take a while to get back, but that's 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 a good way to contact me. Or I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you my personal cell phone number, too, if people want but, to, but text me first. It's uh, 704-995-5385, 704-995-5385.
0: Well, I have to say it. I have to tell the story now because you, you made me do it, Carl.
1: Okay.
0: Maybe you haven't heard the story, so I'll tell it directly to you. Okay. The first ever podcast that I was ever on was the Joe Fairless uh, Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever. Uh-huh. Have you heard of that show? Yeah. Yeah. So I got invited on there. I'm super nervous. I, I have no equipment. I don't, I don't have a microphone and all of this. So I'm on my cell phone. I'm walking around on my cell phone getting interviewed and literally my voice is trembling at the beginning like i can't even breathe and by the end i've survived and and joe says what's the best way for people to contact you and i just was so unprepared for the question i just said my cell phone number is 817-915-6860 and didn't even think about the fact that joe has a very large following yeah and so i started getting calls from people all across the country that were like hey buy this property buy this property so (laughs) i got i actually bought two properties that i still own today both of them for fifteen thousand dollars it was the first property i ever bought in dayton ohio and the first property i ever bought in jackson mississippi i i bought from the joe Fairless uh podcast so I cool. love it when people drop their cell phone numbers on the podcast because I'm like, man, that reminds me back in the day when I <laughs> did that. So, man, I hope you message me soon and you say, hey, I remember when I dropped my cell phone number, I got a deal from it because uh, that's just that is one of my favorite things that's ever happened to me. So, Oh,
1: that's great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, Uncle Carl, thank you so much for sure. joining us on the Titanium Vault, man, and, and dropping all the knowledge that you did today.
1: Great. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. All right, guys. That's our show for this week. Uh, if you're if you enjoyed what you listened today, uh, please drop us a review on iTunes or, or Stitcher or any other platform that you're listening to. Uh, that's what helps us helps us get our message out to more people. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Thank you.